0: Hey, everyone, this is Margo with the Bundle of Hers. And as you know, or probably have heard on our podcast, our lives can be quite hectic in medical school and medicine in general. So as part of taking care of yourself and um, managing and being mindful of wellness, sometimes you have to shuffle around your schedule and take less time to do the things that you love. Unfortunately, right now we are very busy with interviews and away rotations and it's very difficult to get all together to record meaningful and wonderful episodes of bundle of hers for you so instead while we are running around the country like that we have a old episode for you just to refresh and revisit Um, if you have any questions about it or want to bring up the conversation again you can always hit us up at bundle of hers on instagram hope you enjoy thanks Margot, I'm so excited for your birthday party. <laughs> me too. You're we gonna planned a birthday party
1: for Margo. No, I saw the fifty
0: thousand texts. <laughs> it's like, I'm... don't even give me sass about fifty thousand texts. <laughs> I was like, a birthday. I'm excited.
2: <laughs> Lean, it's gonna be so much. My fun. My mood is super sassy today. You guys, I love call it.
0: Okay, all right. Hey everyone, welcome to the bundle of hers. We have Margot, Harjeet and Lean in studio Hi. today. Busher needed a little personal day, so that's all right. <laughs> We all have to have a personal day. Yeah, personal day. That's what they're called. I know, but it just sounds so funny. So speaking of personal (laughs) days, um, I thought that for this episode and in light of recent events, um, it would be good to talk about how to be available for people. And um, an example that I kind of wanted to start off with is I noticed a classmate in the hall the other day and they were looking particularly sad. Um, So not someone I usually hang out with or talk to. But You just know, you know, you can tell when someone is sad or maybe because I'm on psych right now, I'm like hyper tuned in to people's emotions and moods and attitudes. And you, you can tell when people are not okay. And I think our tendency to make ourselves feel better or to address the problem is to go and say, hey, let me know if you need anything. And that's kind of like a blanket statement of like I'm reaching out to you. But I think it's really important to realize that it is very difficult for people to reach out when they often need help the most. So today I kind of wanted to talk about how you can go beyond that. Let me know if you need help and make it a let me help you or let me be here for you. Let me figure out what you need. And even if in that moment they don't want to engage with you, I think that's much more powerful.
2: Well, I think even going beyond saying, how are you today or how is your day or giving them an open question, try to relate to them when they give you that little bit of insight. And once, even if they don't want to talk afterwards, I think if you're able to relate to them in that little moment, um, then they will consider you even more as this person might understand what I'm going through. Cause you can that lend helps. a hand, but if there's no ground under it, you know, they're, you're not going to pull them up, right? They just want yeah. someone to be there. And so, I think, I think that kind of what distinguishes the
1: two situations. I think it's important that you first show your vulnerability Because the thing is, when there are situations which when things are bad, people only want to share that if they feel comfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you show that, hey, like I'm human, too. This has happened to me as well. I think people catch on to that. And I think that's where you kind of go a step further. But what that also means is sometimes you don't relate to all situations. So it's okay if they either deny you the opportunity of talking to you because you know we're human beings we want to know what's going on in other people's lives it's just a tendency human people have right is we just want to know what's going on like how someone's doing but sometimes we
2: get selfish because we want to know everything right but But i think it's great that you can still establish at least a little bit of you know reaching out right and i think no
1: i agree yeah. what i'm trying to say is it's okay if they don't want to talk
2: to you like sure, they'll find absolutely. someone else to right. talk to right but making yourself available i think is key in all situations i think
0: and to back to your point harji when you said they'll find someone else i would be careful with that because some people may not some people who are struggling with Thoughts or of sadness or or uh, really tough times. Even if you have that interaction and and they don't offer to take you up on what you're offering in that moment, I do think it is worth it to come back to them and say, "Hey, do you want to talk again?" I notice that you're still maybe a little off, right. and and I I want to make sure you're okay. I want to talk to you today if that's something you want again. They can they can continue denying you and. I think it all has to come back to balance with your own life. You can't like go seeking out and making sure that everyone is okay that you see that you think is not okay. But I think, especially me, um, I've noticed that like you get a gut feeling when somebody is not okay, even if they're not your friend and you don't know them very well. Something irks you a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think there's something to be said for that feeling and to not ignore it, but come back to it because we're ultimately a community, even if we're not best friends and we don't know each other very well, I think we're all going through this very hard struggle of medical school and third year is incredibly stressful. And we do have to look out for each other.
1: I think that's another great like item that people can employ when they are going from the step, how can I help you to, I can help you is to do following up. Mm -hmm. But I will say that, There'll be times where someone might, they might not feel you're the best person to right. talk to. So you, in those situations, I think another actionable item is that a person can either find someone that they feel like the person would share something with, even offer that as a resource, you mm-hmm. know? And, you know, I
2: think... I understand that you can't always connect with people 100%, right? I right. completely understand that. But one thing that I've come to understand or learn is you shouldn't ignore those irks either, right? No, you should no. not ignore them at all. And I think, okay, let's say like Harji, you're feeling really down. So I just get that vibe from you, right? Yeah. Um, just asking you, you know, how was your day? How are you doing? And you might not want to talk to me, but I think acknowledging that, I think that's key. Say we were on a team, right? And you felt this way, but I... I just kept ignoring it. It's awkward, right? You don't want to address that situation. Yeah, that just ruins a dynamic. And it no, also can... ruins co- collegiality and trust, I think, as well. And I think, I don't know, culturally, we're, we're kind of built to, like, avoid these awkward situations. No one wants to talk about feelings. No one wants to address feelings. No one wants to approach these things. But I think that is why we have a huge problem with mental health. And just general well-being. We don't take care of ourselves because we tend to ignore these feelings. I you completely know. agree I with agree. that.
0: I would just say it's beyond cultural divisions, too. I think it's human nature to kind of avoid sure, yeah. what makes us uncomfortable in ourselves.
1: Yeah, Because I think a lot of the times it, it requires... An introspection into our feelings, and a lot of us don't want to do that because mm-hmm. we don't got time for that. Because it's almost like opening what's that thing when you open one box and then something else comes out, and then you open another box, and then I don't even know what I it's called. You're but, but imagine referring
0: to Pandora's box. <laughs> is that what it is?
2: I don't know, but
1: you get what I'm saying? Like yeah.
2: you uncover one thing and you're like, oh man, I feel bad about this too. But now imagine all those boxes constantly being yeah. closed on the inside and never opened. But so what's many worse? people do that, you know? <laughs> exactly. So. And I think that's why it's important to reach out, especially in I kind of the environment in, as a medical student on yeah. a medical environment we're under high stress constantly No, i co- I you completely know? agree with that so, what i meant
1: to say maybe i didn't make it clear i'm saying it's our job to reach out it's our job yes, to make sure absolutely. we talk to people but it's i think a selfish thing to think that people are required to tell us things that's what right. i'm saying that's yeah. oh yeah I it's just making
0: sure that you are the opportunity and it's not just a surface level let me know if you need help yes we're all on the same page on our psych rotation right now, we have a very anorexic patient who came in with a BMI in the single digits. This is another thing of a person who is very visibly ill or in need of help. That can be a very awkward thing to approach or talk to that person about. So my question to you guys is, and that I'd like to discuss through, is like, what are strategies that you would do or use to kind of bring up with that person your concerns or in helping them get help that they need?
2: I think I would bring up the danger of it first. The reason we're worried about your BMI is that it's really low and it's dangerous. And so that's kind of our concern. Could you kind of let us into why you're not concerned about it? And if there's some way we can kind of connect to you and tell you why we're concerned about it. Because then that will kind of bring out their story, right? But that's the thing. Like you always, people tend to think in the moment Mm -hmm. and not really think of the consequences. At least I've found that through my experiences. And I think trying to connect through there. But in order to do that, you have to be very comfortable with addressing kind of maybe in this case the social issues behind it as well and kind of what drives them what feelings drive them Mm -hmm. to go there and you have to be very comfortable with that you can't you have to be you have to realize that humans come from all backgrounds and all experiences and you have to address that yeah that's
0: very valid what about you Harjeet how would you and and keeping in mind like what Lean just said that it's going to be really awkward to bring up this conversation with a coworker or a friend to say hey I don't think you're well how would you navigate that
1: I think this is a step a lot of people miss, which is first working on your own self. What I mean by that is something is bothering you about someone else, right? You have, like you said, the gut feeling, the irky feeling, right? Either you yourself have been in a position where you wish someone reached out to you. Or people just don't have an off feeling like that because there might be five different people who meet the same person. But you, Margo, recognized it. you lean recognized it. But there might be another person who doesn't recognize it. Right. It kind of comes from there, like remembering when was it that you wanted someone to listen to you? And I think remembering those moments can really help guide you in how to offer help for another person. Because there's things that you appreciated, there's things that you didn't like, so you didn't want to share, right? And maybe a little bit of a different approach of like first getting the story, right? Not saying, oh, I'm concerned about you, asking them how they're doing, what they're feeling like, and then putting in like, oh, I'm concerned about you. What do you think about this? And mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on this? Again, you don't want to put your thoughts onto someone. Mm-hmm. You want to figure out what, how they're feeling about something.
2: We all have that one patient where they're, no matter what intervention you do, what surgery you do, they're all, they're going to go back and smoke and it's just going to, they're going to hurt themselves further. Right. And we've all seen our seniors kind of talk about it behind the, behind the patient or outside of the patient room being like, oh my gosh, this patient smokes so much and they're just going to ruin it again, you know? And I think that's kind of the irky feeling like they have it, right? They know there's something wrong there, but they don't want to address it per se, because there's something pushing them back away. So I think it's the same idea if you were to approach these patients who You know, addiction's a real thing, right? Addiction can come in all sorts. It doesn't have to be drugs. It could be food. It could be anything, right? So it's like the same idea, right? You want to approach it and say, hey, this is the consequences of what's happening, and we think that smoking is just going to make it worse. You know, can we help you understand that, and can we help you get over it? I think what's important is the realization
1: has to come from that person Absolutely, themselves. Yeah, and you how can't that ever happens. A person. Uh, have you guys heard of the term like motivational interviewing? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's more asking them how they feel about a certain thing, putting right. their their feelings in the utmost, and having them work
0: through it. Because if they work through it, then they can make that decision. So, I <laughs> I agree with both of you in that there are steps this person would have to take in order to change themselves. Um, But I want to come back to a point that you made, Lean, was for us as the person reaching out to that person to get them help. You said it's going to be very awkward, and I agree. And I have thought about this in people that I've noticed that I would like to reach out, but there's just this innate awkwardness that I feel. For me, it's in my gut. It gets really tight, and I feel this resistance of like, no, it's going to be intrusive, and it's going to be invasive, and, Mm and not comfortable, and so what I want to have a conversation now is how would you guys navigate those feelings to overcome them so that you could be available to reaching out to that person, whatever they would need and however that would be. But so, for example, for me, I think that when I feel that tension, like I'm, I'm getting ready to I see this person and I'm mentally preparing to like go talk to them, I think that I'm going to feel that tension in my stomach and I'm just going to sit with it for a few seconds and realize that that is a natural response to uncomfortable situations, that I just need to take a deep breath and that I'm looking at this person who needs help and that is a greater purpose than this feeling in my stomach. And so for me, that might be a good way for me to help overcome that awkwardness and, and then invite that person into a room and say, hey, can we talk for a second? But Lean, how would you navigate overcoming that awkwardness?
2: I mean, I think we're going into a field where people are coming for our knowledge and people are coming for what we know. Not being said that we're implementing our knowledge or what we feel on the patients, but we, I think it's part of our duty to give them the information that we know of the certain harms and benefits and risks with whatever comes, right? So ignoring the fact that we just had to replace this person's aorta because they've had a lifetime of smoking, you know, ignoring that smoking fact is not going to help the problem, right? You know, you can keep putting bandages on it, but I think it's our duty as physicians to finally get down to the root of it. How can we how can we settle this? How can we help you get through this? Because this is harming you. Um, I'm not going up to the patient and saying, you know, like, I feel like smoking's bad and you have to stop. That's not the goal, right? It's, right. you know, we think that this is harming you and this is the evidence we can give you. This is what we know. How can we help you understand that and get through it? And I think those are skills that need to begin from a very, you know, you apply it at every stage of your life. Going back to kind of how when you see your your colleagues or your peers stressed out, struggling. That's a moment where you need to bring that skill and, you know, you need to implement it again because that skill is going to keep coming up, you know, with your patients, with your colleagues, with your family, with outside world. You know, Mm -hmm. it's something you need to get used to. And I think humans tend to shy away from it. But I think it's also humanistic to realize that we need to address these issues because it can bring us more harm than good. I
0: agree. So your motivation to help people. Kind of helps you overcome that awkward feeling.
2: Yeah, I'm learning this to bring them that information. I'm not learning it for myself, right? Yeah. (laughs) So Yeah, I think that's very powerful. Harjit, what about you? How do you navigate that
0: sort of roadblock, so to speak?
1: I think it took me a long time to understand that feeling was put into me that, you know, you never have these conversation about touchy subjects, X, Y, Z. So for me now I would say I don't have that awkwardness anymore. Whenever I see someone isn't doing well, or they're not feeling well, I directly go up to them. I ask them what happened that I've noticed there's been a change. What's going on? Or they offer and tell me themselves first, you know, it's either or. So I think it's like really important that these some of these people don't have to be our friends, but they're our colleagues, right? Mm -hmm. And they can be in the same situations as us. And by that virtue, you have something to relate to them with, right? I think it's really important that we make ourselves available. Does that make
0: sense? Can I ask you what experiences you had that led you to kind of get rid of the awkwardness, like you just said? A lot of the way I help people is
1: how I felt when no one has helped me or when I wish someone did reach out to me. What that meant to me is that I need to be there for another person. Like, you know, like I know how it feels when there is no help. Mm -hmm. Or no one's there to talk to you when you're not feeling good. So it's, again, borrowed from my own experience.
2: So I think for at least, you know, how I kind of overcame it is I just got really annoyed with the idea that we are so shy with feelings when feelings Mm -hmm. is such a human thing. Yeah. So I just got annoyed with that idea. So I just stopped being bugged by it. I was like, you know what? You're feeling sad. That's great in a weird way you know let's talk about it let's let's figure out what's going on because i think it's a natural thing i don't know what it was but like just growing you know even in middle school and high school it's like people who have these feelings it's super awkward you gotta like stay cool and it's just kind of it always bugged me it's like we're so human Mm -hmm. we're allowed to have these feelings you know Yeah. we're allowed to have happiness to sadness and i think we need to acknowledge all range of that emotion because it's all built into us so for me i just i just thought about it that logically and that way i could approach it more objectively
1: and one step further when you're in the situation where you're actually like have gotten to the point where someone actually wants to tell you something and give you information i will say i'm getting better but i also struggle being a good support for somebody right like what does a real support for someone really mean I still struggle with this. You can ask Lean because me and Lean always have this situation where if Lean has a problem, I'm just going to give you an example. I I always have problems. No, (laughs) I have problems too. If Lean has a problem, see, I'm the type of person, I just want to fix everything. Like I'm like, oh, no, 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 that's my friend. I love her. I don't want her to be in pain. So let me just fix everything. And what (laughs) that means to me about fixing things sometimes isn't the best stuff because I'll be like... Oh, don't feel like that. Like, oh, I went through this X, Y, Z. But I don't think that's nice. Sometimes I feel like this lean. I'm being honest. Like, I feel like sometimes I go back home and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that to lean because I'm putting my experiences as a comparison to hers when they're completely different things. And she is feeling bad. So just let her feel bad. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm getting
2: a little bit better at it. I still might suck, but it's making me a better support. But you know what? That brings it back to the point where when you get this feeling that someone is off, sometimes they don't need an answer, but they need a support. You know, that's one big question that we always ask, you know, even in our history taking and we're taking, you know, we always ask, where's your support system? And we ask that thing for a reason. Like, yeah, it's a checkbox, but there's a purpose behind it. Because even though you're feeling sad and nobody in the world can relate to you, you still have someone around you. right? And I think that is the key when you cannot connect with the person you're trying to connect with if you can't connect with them by all means you know there's something off and you just can't get to them making sure that you're the support that is present right is enough sometimes and that's
1: actually the perfect way of how i got overcame this awkwardness it's because i never want people to
0: feel like the way i felt Mm -hmm. for so many years exactly like it's not a good feeling i think that's so true, Harji, and so helpful for listeners and, and me too, who's struggling with this. I don't think I'm there yet. I still have a lot of awkwardness and it's very difficult for me to reach out and ask people Yeah, ask people <laughs> yeah. about these difficult things and topics and feelings. But what I like that you said a lot, Lean, is that what's so wrong about feeling emotions? And I think it's very true that we grew up kind of learning to stifle certain emotions and express others. And in medical school, I think we get a lot of that. We see a lot of that from attendings and just the culture of the older medicine. Mm-hmm. It is dying and changing a lot now, but there's still I a lot of so. this need to suppress emotions. But what I find the most validating from taking that leap through my awkwardness and this resistance to want to like ask somebody if they're okay and to talk to me is that I actually express feelings too. Right. And yeah. I release and I start to express my own feelings and then we can have a conversation and there's true, authentic emotions being expressed that are okay because they're so innate to the right. human experience. And so that for me is very validating and helps me get through some of the awkwardness. And it's,
2: you're taking that mysterious human experience that is just full of jumble in your head and you're putting it through an outlet with words and you're actually bringing it. It's almost like you're not objectifying it, but bringing it to substance so that other people can also sh- relate to you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I think that is where we need to get over the awkwardness because that outlet honestly it's also an intervention in medicine, right? I think yeah. it is, so.
1: I think it's just making yourself available. Mm-hmm. How can I help you? It's easier when there are those connections, but even then I think We as future physicians, we're already put in a million awkward situations every single day when we see a new patient we've never talked to and have to get personal with them. I think we are the perfect people to help each other, but sometimes that's lacking.
0: I agree. Thank you guys for having this very honest and emotional conversation with me. I've walked away kind of understanding that when you make yourself vulnerable and and feel that awkwardness, sit with it and, and push through it and actually feel those sad feelings and you can better connect with someone that you recognize may need your help so rather than just saying let me know if you need help i think we should all make an effort to now say how can i help you let's talk about this let's put our emotions on the table and let's be humans
1: that was very well said
0: (laughs) thank you for listening to the bundle of hers make sure you check us out at bundle of hers on instagram and facebook and twitter Leave us a message if you have any ideas of how you navigate breaking through that barrier of feeling awkward or just anything in general. Say hi if you want. And support each other. Yes.
1: Okay. I got really hot. (laughs) It It is really
2: hot. I can smell myself from this last OR. I'm like PTSD. (laughs)